Hi everybody, uh, welcome to another edition of Stock Talk. Uh, this is episode 22 and my name is Amin Reina. I'm an investment coach here at Sage Investors. And uh, today I want to talk a little bit about fiduciary duty. I know a couple of really big fancy words. Fiduciary duty got a lot of uh, play in, uh, in the States uh, this week as the uh, government came out with some uh, guidelines and uh, new guidelines with respect to uh, what financial services companies, specifically getting down to you know, financial advisors, uh, people working in that industry, uh, have to fall, you know, carry themselves by uh, when they're working with their clients. And part of it revolves around uh, fiduciary duty. Now, for those of you who don't know what fiduciary duty is, I'll try to make this as simple and basic and painless as possible. Um, basically, uh, as a, as a financial professional or any kind of professional really, so it doesn't really relate to financial services, it can relate to any like legal profession, medical profession, you're owed, the concept is you as a professional owe your clients a fidu an element of fiduciary care, a fiduciary duty to basically look out for their best interests. So when you bring that down into the investing or financial advice kind of uh, realm, financial advisors really should be obviously looking out for their best interests of their clients in the sense that they should be, when they're in the business, get to the point of recommending uh, certain products, investment products or investment vehicles like stocks or bonds or uh, you know, mutual funds, ETFs, you know, bond funds, um, that they're recommending funds, uh, products to, that, are, that are in the best interest of the client. It's not about just, well, here's the best, here's a product here that you can oh, go try it out and oh yeah, by the way, I make 4% commission on it. And that's a really what, fortunately, you know, I hate to say it, but uh, that's what financial services is all about. It's all about pushing products, about sales, about commissions. And a lot of times when you're working with financial advisors, it's, it's really they're more interested about the commission they're going to get off you rather than really genuinely trying to help you meet your financial goals. And, uh, and then the other side of it also is this whole fiduciary duty is trying to be more open up more transparency in terms of how much fees customers are paying for various financial service advisory type services. And right now the whole concept is so opaque. Um, it's a lot of it is embedded in terms of the prices you pay, the, uh, the fees you pay. Um, and you really, as an investor or as a, as, a, as a consumer, you really don't know what you're paying for for getting financial advice. And you'll be, so, you'll be shocked to hear well, how much, you, how much uh, financial professionals uh, get paid. And uh, so this is the whole thing. This, it's come out. And, uh, of course, the financial service industry hates it. They don't, they're not fans of this at all. They like it the way it is. They like the opaqueness and lack of transparency of it. I can't really blame them for it. Um, and I think one of the issues that they're talking about is that the whole industry is just going to cave and that you're going to see thousands upon thousands of financial advisors just walk out the door and say, you know what, it's not profitable for me anymore to do this. If you're saying that I have to force myself to now sell products or recommend products that are lower commissions for me, that's just going to make me unsustainable as a business. And uh, all this other nice stuff they do, doing investment plans and financial planning and debt management and developing budgets and all that stuff is just not as lucrative as just being charging somebody 2% um, a year just to do nothing, really. Um, so interesting enough, those new guidelines came out this week. Not surprisingly also is that those guidelines um, were actually much more watered down than a lot of people feared. And big surprise, the financial lobby got really hardcore into this and uh, obviously got some influence into this and uh, a lot of the 
a lot of the guidelines that came out there seem to be a lot more restricted, and they've pushed out the deadline to implement a, a lot of this stuff. So it wouldn't be surprised me to see, I think 2018 is now the deadline now to Im Im embed a lot of these uh, guidelines into your into financial advisor practices and financial services industry. So we'd be surprised uh, to see, and what's actually happening up here in Canada, because there's a new set of guidelines coming into play in June here called CRM2, which involve, basically forces uh, mutual fund companies and financial companies that people are selling mutual funds to kind of disclose the fees they pay and actually have put a breakdown, itemize the costs that an investor is paying. So when you, when you get your quarterly statement or your annual statement, you're going to see a breakdown of how much that you're paying for fees to hold these particular funds. And the big thing is once people start seeing, because everybody traditionally think, ah, oh, I'm not paying for this. Ah, you know, I'm just putting it in there. I'm, I just put the money in and it's, you know, somebody's paying for it, I'm, but I'm not. The reality is you are. You're paying each and every one of us when we engage in the financial services industry to buy or sell products, we're paying fees. We're paying commissions. And a lot of times over the long term, the more you pay, the more it's going to eat into your return and the more or less you're going to have down the road uh, when you get near your serious uh, milestones. So that's coming up here in Canada and there's going to be a big outcry and already it's, you're hearing rumblings of like a lot of financial advisors just stopping, just shutting down and going and selling other products that don't fall under that umbrella of CRM too, like insurance. So don't be surprised if you see your financial advisors now uh, pushing insurance products in your direction because they don't fall under this umbrella and they obviously carry higher commissions in that sense. So something to look out for. My take on it is, um, you know, anything that's transparent for for us as consumers is a good thing. You know, I want to know how much I'm paying for any kind of product, and uh, having that transparency is not a bad thing because it promotes competition and it starts uh, forcing companies to really justify their value system. In a sense, you know, I'm kind of looking at it also from a different perch in that, in the sense that I'm an investment coach. I don't give advice. I teach people how to invest. I teach people how to make better decisions. I teach people how to navigate through this um, rivers and valleys and of, 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 of the financial services industry because the reality is the financial services industry is not going away. It might exist in a different form with technology, robo-advisors and all that stuff, but it's not going away and you, you still have to maneuver through it. And I spend most of my time teaching people and coaching people how to maneuver through it, how to, how to even work with their current advisor, how to get more out of their uh, financial advisor instead of it being just like a one-way conversation where they're just pushing product on you and just trying to generate sales. Um, it's, uh, I, I think, I really believe, I, I don't want to bash the financial advisory advisor people because they do serve a purpose. I think they, they have a value proposition and that value proposition to me is about execution of strategy. I think they have the scale and they have the capacity and they have the intelligence and the competency to execute strategies. They can formulate strategies, but the, I think where they where we lie is the execution of the strategy. So a lot of times, um, like for example, if I if I say I want to build, I know I want to build a portfolio of ETFs, uh, Canadian, U.S. I should be able to go to my financial advisor and say, you know what, this is what I want to do. Go build it. Go do it and do it at the most cheapest reasonable way possible. And they should just go and execute it. If I'm looking for research, if I'm analyzing companies or if I'm analyzing ETFs, they should be able to execute that strategy. They should be providing me that kind of information. Um, and that's kind of the, the, one of the dilemmas I really find in that traditional financial advisory model is that is it's conflicted. It's 
you're in there talking about giving people advice, uh, but the next thing you're doing is you're selling a product to help them get to their financial goals that may or may not be in their best interest. It may not be the best product out there for them. It may be the best product out there for the advisor because they might be getting more commissions out of it, but it may not be the most appropriate product for or an investment vehicle for the client. And to me, that this whole financial advice model is, is kind of flawed in that it's kind of got that, it's got that organic inherent conflict of interest. And that's the thing why I, I never even bothered going down that right. And what I love about what I do, because as an investment coach, I don't tell people what to do. I don't tell people, go buy this ETF or go buy this stock because I said so. I say, I, or because I'm going to get paid for it. I don't get paid for it. I get paid for my time to teach people, to mentor people how to make those decisions so they can make it themselves. And that's the beauty of it, is when people make it themselves, they own, the, they, own, they own their destiny, they own their direction, they own their path, and they're going to probably make better investment decisions because it's theirs and they own that whole concept. So, uh, you know, I, just, I, just, I don't, you know, I, I can understand why uh, the advisors would be pretty, pretty pissed about it, but um, I think it's about what works for the client. As I said, I don't think financial advisors are going away. I don't think they're going to, the, the profession is going to collapse and cease to exist. It's going to exist, but it's in a different form. But what's really important for, for people like you and me is how we interact with that system. And one of the things, as I said, I do is I coach people how to work with their advisor, financial advisor. And it's, it's about formulating a strategy. And really what you're trying to do is trying to build a relationship, develop a positive relationship with your advisor so they can execute the strategy you need to do. And a lot of it isn't just about um, telling people what they should do and looking like a like uh, you know uh, a big shot or anything. A lot of it is just simple developing a business relationship. And how do you do that? It's just presentation. Just you know, don't walk into a an advisor a meeting with an advisor wearing flip flops and shorts and a Bermuda Bermuda shirt or a Hawaii shirt and kick your feet up and say, "Hey, I have fifty thousand dollars. I have no idea what I want to do. Help me out," because you're just giving him a blank check to sell you all kinds of garbage. It's about proper presentation. You're going into a business meeting, right? So look like look like you're serious. Because if you walk in looking professional, and you know, I'm not saying wear a blue suit, but I'm saying just look clean and professional. Uh, they're going to take you seriously. It's body language. Body language plays a role in how people perceive you. And if they perceive you as coming in very prepared and uh, you know that presentation, they're going to take you seriously, and they're probably going to you know not go down the road. Other elements that I talk about that I work with people about preparation, you know, just like having a notebook in here, having some questions prepared, having an agenda on it written down. So you just don't go into a meeting cold and say, okay, I have to talk to my financial advisor because nature dictates I have to talk to my financial advisor. It's January, start of the new year. No, you have to have, you should come to every meeting you meet with an advisor with some goals, with some things you want to come out with. And, they, and if they can't answer it, to, to, to put their foot to the fire and hold them accountable to find the answers that you want. So preparation is an important part. And then just how do you calculate, how do you undertake the conversation? Um, when they're talking to you about different, because they're going to pitch you on different investment products and mutual funds or different types of ETFs, well, you need to have that conversation around that, those products need to involve three things. They need to be talking about how it impacts you from a debt perspective. Is it, you know, analyzing, they should be constantly uh, checking out what your debt situation is. If you're carrying a lot of debt, uh, what is this, is there a strategy that they should consider before investing in something? That whole conversation, we work on stuff like that. Risk, it's amazing how many times you go into a conversation with a financial advisor and the concept of risk is not even 
it's not even it's not the words aren't even mentioned and it's interesting because uh cbc did a, an undercover under camera study or undercover study uh with a bunch of people walking into a financial with into a bank and a bank and a financial services companies asking them about different products and so they had ten thousand dollars to invest or whatever and they pitched these guys and these ladies and gentlemen they pitched them on these different products but they mentioned they said can't win proposition guaranteed money maker nothing about risk which is insane any investment decision you make has to factor in risk and a lot of times advisors don't do it so i prepare people going into those meetings talk about risk what are the risks associated with me going and buying these products you're telling recommending me that side of it fees having a conversation about fees asking the advisor what well, how much is well, how much how much are, how much are you getting out of this what's your cut of this deal if i go buy this mutual fund what's the cut of the what's how much am i paying into this CRM2 here in Canada and the fiduciary standards and all that's supposed to clear that up, but hey, you still bring it up in a meeting. And so I asked them, asking questions. And, uh, and at the end of all it all, um, having an action plan. After you talk about certain products and uh, strategies and stuff like that, having an action plan, holding the advisor accountable to executing your strategy. And uh, that's a critical element too. And so, you know, these elements. Um, I'm sure advisors don't want to hear about it, but the good ones actually will follow all these things and will be able to answer these questions and be, take you seriously. And so, you know, just, it's just a matter of finding them um, in that sense. So, you know, that's kind of just my take a little bit on, on the whole fiduciary standards thing that's kicking in now and getting a lot of play, a lot of press out there, as well as just my whole take on the whole financial advisor model and really how to deal with them. Um, hopefully, it'll give you some tidbits. As I said, as I, w I work as an investment coach, and uh, I spend time um, prepping people on how to deal with these things. So I, I thought I'd share with you uh, that other element of uh, investment coaching. Um, that's that's very different from than what the traditional financial advisor model does, because the financial uh, financial advisor model will not even go there in terms of the whole education side, because it's not in their interest. Because the last thing they want is to have informed people coming into their office telling them what to do. And uh, they, they prefer to have people to be less educated because then they can put more products out on the table. Um, that might be to their, uh, to their benefit. And so this whole fiduciary standard concept is meant to kind of say, you know what, I don't want to go there. These are the products that are really in your interest. I may not, they may not be the most effective for my business, but it's about what's in it for the client, what's the best interest for the client. So that's all I got for you. Um, if you have any questions about this or any other things that I've talked about in the past, uh, hit me. you can hit me through email, through my website, uh, www.sageinvestors.ca, or you can uh, uh, direct message me through Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time talking about uh, all the stock market rumblings of the day, of the moment, of the era. Uh, you can hit direct message me through there. My hashtag or my handle is at sageinvestors. So, Another edition, thank you. That's another edition of Stock Talk. Uh, my name is Amin Reina of Sage Investors. Uh, I'm glad you could uh, jump aboard, and uh, we'll catch you again another time. All right.